Welcome to episode two of the Coaches Main Event Marathon. I'm your host, Manpreet, and we are here to break down UFC 272, and in particular, the main event between Jorge Masvidal and Kobe Covington. Before we get into that, though, let's take a look at what the standings are looking like after the first event between the coaches at UFC 271. James Krause has the lead after he was able to cash on Bobby Green, and uh, he now currently sits at a plus $62.50 with this $100 wager. And number two is Cody Donovan, as he cashed on the easy ticket here on Israel Adesanya, and he profited $36.36. Unfortunately, the remaining four coaches took a loss on their first event. Santino DeFranco lost $100 on Derek Lewis after that banger of a fight with Tai Tuivasa where he ultimately ended up getting slept. And then the remaining three coaches, Mark Montoya, Eric Nixick, and Tyson Chartier all fell short by trying to get on that blonde Brunson train. Unfortunately, Jared Cannonier ended his night in round two and ended the $100 of those three coaches. Now we get right back into the thick of things at UFC 272, where three of the coaches, James Krause, Tyson Chartier, and Cody Donovan, will help me break down Jorge Masvidal versus Colby Covington. And then at the end of it, they'll be giving me their pick for the competition. Stay tuned for the back end of the show where you guys also get the picks of Santino DeFranco, Eric Nixick, and Mark Montoya as they want to try to get back in to the winning, winning column and try to dig themselves out of that hole that they dug themselves into. All right, without further ado, let's get into the breakdowns with the coaches. First up, we got my guy Tyson Chartier. Kicking things off, we got my guy Tyson Chartier of the New England Cartel. Tyson, what's going on, my man? Not much, man. Just uh, trying to finish off winter up here in the in the Northeast. Trust me, uh, I'm from Toronto myself, so I definitely feel all that uh, that snow and stuff. We've had snow sitting on my lawn for at least seven to eight weeks now. Hasn't melted. It just keeps going. I'm thinking that's the same thing that you guys are dealing with as well. Yeah, we had a good, we had a melt this week, which is nice. But I guess uh, Friday it looks like Thursday night into Friday morning we're getting another foot of snow. So, you know, one one more snowstorm to end the winter. Oh please, I, I'm over this. I need I need to see my lawn again. It's been too long. I I miss mowing my lawn compared to freaking shoveling the driveway. So hopefully <laughs> we get to do that very soon. Um, obviously you you kind of fell flat on your first attempt at UFC 271, going with the blonde Brunson. A lot of the coaches obviously actually went with him too. Three out of the six there, but. We're back for UFC 272, and uh, I obviously want to take this time to actually thank you for doing the Coaches Challenge here. Uh, it seems like you guys are already having some fun. What did you take, if anything, from the first uh, edition that we did at 271, and how do you think you're going to change it moving forward? If at Man, all? I, I'm going to double down on these underdogs. I, I feel like Brunson was a good pick. Uh, you know, I think yeah, the coaches are smart for picking them, and I think we all got Brunson that night. It was, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, the first round went how I thought the fight would go, and then yeah. it just, it just didn't go our way. So it was, uh, you know, but it's fun, man. It makes it, it makes watching the fights a little bit more fun. And sometimes it's hard because you don't want to pick against certain people, but uh, you know, things like this are fun. It, it forces me and the other coaches to talk a little bit, and it's all, you know, this is a pretty stressful thing that we do, and you know, there's only very few people in the world that are doing what we're doing. So it's good to have like a network of coaches like this that you can kind of banter with and you know, and learn from and, you know, kind of get a little chippy with sometimes and uh, make fun of each other. 
Absolutely, man. This is that was the whole goal of the show was just to kind of put some friendly competition amongst you guys. You guys already have some friendly competition whenever you guys go up against each other actually inside the cage. But now let's try to make it a little bit more fun where you guys aren't actually going up against each other, fighter against fighter. But uh, we're here to break down UFC 272, specifically the main event, welterweight scrap here between Jorge Masvidal and Colby Covington, a grudge match of sorts, if you want to call it that. Obviously, the long-standing thing here is that they used to be training partners they even used to have like this vlog they used to do together back in the day i think it's called tales from the crypt or something like that if anybody hasn't seen it make sure you guys go check it out on youtube you see babyface masvidal babyface covington uh just living a jock lifestyle it was hilarious seeing that but now obviously we see them kind of having the fall uh fall apart and now they're scheduled to go up against each other uh jorge masvidal one and two in his last three fights obviously those two losses coming in welterweight title fights against kamar usman and on the flip side, same thing with Colby Covington. One and two in his last three. Both of those losses also coming to Kamaru Usman, 170-pound uh, king at the moment right now. But this will more than likely put one of these guys right back in to those title talks. Right now, in terms of odds, we're currently looking at minus 350 for Colby Covington, plus 270 to return on Jorge Masvidal. So I pose the question to you, Mr. Tyson Chartier. How do you see this fight going down? And ultimately, who do you think gets their hand raised? I, I think I agree with the odds. You know, I think it's, uh, if you look at it, you know, on paper, it's, it's, you know, Kobe, I, I feel like Kobe should win. I think he's going to utilize his, his wrestling and uh, Masvidal, you know, he's had like a, a career resurgence, but it's, it's kind of like mostly in popularity. Like he's yeah. obviously a super talented fighter. Um, I'll watch any Jorge Masvidal fight, you know, I respect him and, and everything he's done, but I mean, it's it's not like he 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 wasn't on the same tear that Kobe was to get to the point where he's at, and um, I also think when you look at the dynamics of it is, you know, Kobe was the first one kind of starting to, from what I understand, Kobe was kind of the first one saying, yeah, I want to fight my buddy, you know, um, I think that always kind of has something, some power in it too, you know, when you're you're friends with someone, there's kind of the unwritten rule, you're not going to fight them unless it's for you know a title or something like that, and then the first one that kind of crosses over that invisible line and says, I want to go. It's, I feel like generally they, they, they kind of have the mental advantage there. Not to say that Jorge Masvidal is mentally weak at all. I think that's probably one of his biggest strengths that he's not mentally weak. But I think, uh, you know, he, he crossed that invisible uh, invisible code, bro code, I guess. And now he's he wants the fight, you know. And um, I think, you know, he, he is on a good run. I think if you look at what he's done with with Usman and and over to what was it over ten rounds or you know yeah. really nine and nine and really almost ten rounds, what he's done with I mean he he took some rounds from the champion and I think um, in my opinion I think Colby Covington should you know in the, be in the talks for the pound for pound list like you know not at first or anything but if Kamara Usman's the best fighter in the world this guy's gone ten rounds with him and like won some of them and looked good you know and there's arguments that you know he could have even won more so. I think you know you got to take Kobe as a, a serious contender. Um, he seems like he is improving. You know he's getting more well-rounded. He can always use that wrestling if he wants. And then on the, on the other side is, you know, Masvidal's lost two title fights in a row. But before that, you know, a win over Diaz. Okay, another 55er. Um, ben Askren at the tail end of his career, and then you know you look at Darren Till, kind of when he's going through some stuff. And yeah, so I, I, it's it's not been the same last few years for. You know, the, yeah, they both lost to Usman twice, but I think it just, it's a, they're coming at it from like much different paths before they got there.
Yeah, in terms of the odds, I think you're absolutely correct that they're pretty much where they should be. Uh, and Colby Covington, like you said, was neck and neck with Kamaru Usman pretty much the entirety of that trilogy outside of the couple knockdowns that Kamaru Usman was able to land. Judges, uh, all three judges for that second fight actually gave uh, Covington at least uh, three rounds, right? Like I believe it was one judge that gave him round three, then another judge gave him round three and four, and the other judge gave him round four and five. So, like, he had an argument to win each of those last three rounds. Obviously, the first two were in Kamaru's favor. So that, I absolutely agree with you. He should be number two pound for pound if Kamaru is number one because it's very difficult to deal with a guy that has the wrestling of Kobe Covington and, and Kamaru Usman. But not just that. The cardio is a big part of that as well to fuel wrestling. And you as a coach know yourself, wrestling is the most strenuous part of the MMA game. If you can go out there and showcase solid cardio, even while wrestling for a solid 25 minutes, you're one of the greatest in my books. You know what I mean? There's not many people that can go out there and beat any ingredient like that. On the flip side with Masvidal, I think you broke down his, his recent resurgence pretty well. I give him the Darren Till fight. I think that's a tremendous performance. I won't take anything away from that. But then the Ben Askren one from uh, J July of 2019, if he doesn't land the knee, how does that fight go, right? Like, it's very small things like that. I even like to look back at the Conor McGregor and Jose Aldo fight. 13 seconds, we get one punch, and Jose Aldo goes down like a ton of bricks. How does that fight play out if it goes uh, 15, 25 minutes? Does it the same result, or do we see Conor still knock him out? Do we still Jorge Ma see Masvidal still go out there and land that knee against Ben Askren? Or, like the odds reflected that night, Ben Askren was a sizable favorite in that fight, was he going to go out there and ragdoll Jorge Masvidal as a lot of people expected him to do so? So the question is here, will Masvidal be able to find that chin of uh, Covington at a certain point in this fight? Or has Covington really rounded out his game well enough now where he's comfortable in the striking like I thought we saw in the Robbie Lawler fight and he's comfortable enough mixing in the takedowns to be able to get the victory here? Which one do you think comes out on top? Uh, and also... Um, if you were to make a, a bet in that fight, are you taking the big plus money on Masvidal? Think he's eventually going to be able to uh, get that knockout? Or do you just want to keep that safe money and just go with Colby all the way here? I, I'm going to go with the safe money. I think uh, Colby's going to have the cardio and the wrestling advantage. And then obviously there's mental warfare going into it. I think they're both decent at that. So maybe that cancels itself out a little bit. In the, in the past, they both had grudge matches. And, you know, so I don't see that playing a huge factor. I, I really think it's going to come down to the cardio and the wrestling. And then I think the, uh, you know, the other X factor would be the fact that he's getting a little bit more comfortable at MMA masters. You know, he's getting used to their system. He's getting used to a different, you know, different building, different coaches. And, you know, he, he just went five rounds with Kamar Usman with that coaching staff and they're just going to get more, more cohesive since then. So he looked good in that fight. He's doing some things that he wasn't doing before. Um, he's not just a guy who's just going to shoot forward naked, not setting it up. Like, you know, he was, he was being a more well-rounded fighter. And, um, I think, you know, I, I'd be surprised if we didn't see even more improvements going into this fight. I love it. I love it. So you're going with Colby coming inside. I completely, completely agree with you in that aspect. Now comes the fun part of the game. The whole point of the main event coaches marathon is to see where we can stack up. I give you guys a hundred bucks, every pay-per-view. What are you rolling with for UFC 272 on the main card? I'm going to go with uh, Edson Barboza. He's a, is a, what, is a plus 130 now. Yeah, plus uh, when 130. I, when, I, when I made the pick, he was a plus 140, so I'm losing a little bit of money here. But <laughs> um, plus 130, I just think that, um, you know, Bryce Mitchell's a beast, but, you know, he's a beast on the ground. And, uh, you know, go basing off of the, the Andre Philly fight, you know, I think if Andre Philly fought a little bit, 
you know, a little bit smarter in that fight. He, just, he had some a couple instances where he didn't take advantage when I thought he could have got a finish. And Andre Philly's, you know, super talented. And um, I thought Andre Philly could have won that fight. And um, Edson shown that he's pretty hard to take down, you know. And, and if you do take him down, he's still hard to take down. You know, Ige had a little bit of success with that. But even then, it wasn't like he got on top of him and just held him down. And um, Ige's, you know, he's a tough grinder too. So I think um, – yeah, and that was Edson's first fight at 45, so I think he settled into the division a little bit more. I do think he laid an egg in his last fight against Giga, but that was a kickboxer trying to fight a kickboxer. So I think um, this fight is going to be more of like he's going to try to sprawl and brawl, so to speak. You know, he's just going to manage distance a little better, defend a few takedowns, and then, uh, you know, go at Bryce when he gets him on his heel. I love it. I love it. Definitely one of my more favorite underdog spots on the main card for this upcoming pay-per-view. And I don't blame you for taking a shot on it, especially after whipping on your initial pick with Blonde Brunson. But I think you're going to be able to get that money back here. Hopefully, man. I, I gotta. I can't pick any favorites now. I gotta go. Gotta double down like a degenerate and <laughs> keep picking underdogs. And I figure if I could just keep picking underdogs and like, you know, two out of every five of them win, maybe I'll have a chance here. Maybe. We still got a ton of more contests to go. I believe there's at least uh, nine or ten more pay-per-views to round out the rest of the year, so plenty of time to still make some ground up there. Um, Tyson, appreciate you taking the time and doing this breakdown with me, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, shout out to the rest of the coaches that are doing it as well. And uh, yeah, my guy got Colby Covington in the main event, and he's going with Edson Barboza and is, as his main event challenge pick as well. Tyson, appreciate you, my man. Thanks, brother. Next up, we got my guy Cody Donovan out of Elevation Fight Team up there in Colorado. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Cody, I know we're already an event into this challenge. I do appreciate you accepting the challenge and taking on the rest of these bozos that we got, these degenerate coaches that we got <laughs> as well. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, thanks for doing the show, my man. Yeah, for sure, bro. Absolutely. It looks like, it looks like fun. I'm, I'm having fun. Absolutely. You're 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 in second place right now at UFC 271. You managed to cast on Israel Adesanya. Four of the other coaches fumbled the bag. They ended up taking a loss. James Cross is obviously at the top right now. He ended up taking Bobby Green that night over Nazra Hackpress. Uh, what did you make of Adesanya's performance that night? Were you happy with what you saw? Yeah, I mean, it, it, went, it went like I thought it would. You know, that, that was a tough fight. It was, it was a tough fight. No way around it. Uh, I, I was I had some questions about the second and third round. I want to go back and watch it again because it felt like he kind of pulled off. Um, and I don't know if that was because of uh, adjustments from the opponent or if that was uh, or, or or what exactly happened there. I remember Rogan was talking about possibly a broken hand, which yeah. didn't pan out. And I was I don't know, you know, I it didn't go exactly like I thought it would. But um, he, he's a month. That kid's a monster, bro. So good. you still got money in the bank account now with that win. That's all that matters at the end of yeah, the day I mean, here, you know, right? Part of me wanted to choose an underdog and like go big. And I didn't see any, any picks that I really believed in. And, and I love Izzy, man. He spent some time in muscle at muscle farm with us back in the day. And he's just a stud. And I'm like, I can't, you know, so I just, I figured it was an easy pick. Again, this is this is a long contest anyway, right? We're going for the right. full year here, and uh, if you want to take those easy wins, by all means, go over and take those easy wins. Hopefully, they don't come back and bite you in the butt when you do take I'll, a big favorite. I'll, and be, they taking, end up losing. I'll be taking some easy wins. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. All right, we are here to talk about UFC 272 in particular, the main event, a welterweight scrap between Jorge Masvidal, Colby Covington. We know the story. Former training partners, former friends. They even used to have a vlog on YouTube together. Now they're talking shit to each other. How much of it? is real who knows we'll find out after the fact as usual 
I'm very intrigued to see and hear how you see this fight going down between Jorge Masvidal and Kobe Covington. Last thing I'll say before spinning on over to you, the odds, we got minus 350 on Kobe Covington, which implies that he wins 78% of the time. And then on the flip side with Jorge Masvidal, he's a plus 270 underdog, implying that he wins this fight 27% of the time. How do you see this fight going down, my brother? Yeah, so, you know, first of all, I think you what you started with there when you said, like, is is that beef real or not? Right. I, I think a lot of people are asking that same question. And, you know, the reality is, is, is this. It doesn't really matter if that beef is real or not. And this is why. Um, because they were training partners, man. And one of them was like the older brother, younger brother, training partner dynamic. This is this is a thing that every one of us has had. Right. Uh, early in my career, I had the older brother dynamic. Later in my career, I had the younger brother dynamic. And um, I spent most of my career in that younger brother dynamic, which is where Colby would have found himself. And when you're that younger brother, regardless of how much you love and respect that those those uh, older brother opponents or those older brother training partners, you want to get the best of them, dude. And when you and when you have the opportunity to do it, when you have the opportunity to like to make that statement, it's not going to be fake, right? It's not it's not going to be. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter if they're still boys or not. If they're if they're like, yo, let's 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 cook up a beef and make some money. Fine, great. When they get in there, it's still gonna happen. Because Masvidal is still gonna be like, yo, man, you're my little brother, and I want to put my foot on your head. And and uh, and Covington's gonna be the other way, like, yo, it's it's time to prove myself. So I think either way, we're gonna get a, a good scrap there. Um, if the beef is real, I think it favors Covington, right? I think because if, if the beef is real, I think that could ta- that could possibly tax Masvidal's patience. Uh, I think that his patience as a striker is one of his better attributes. And if he's going in there with some rage in his belly, I mean, I don't see him doing that a lot, but potentially could could have him fighting out of anger or acting out of character and then, you know, uh, could cause some issues for him there. Um, I think Masvidal is going to have issues either way, right? I'm, I'm pulling for uh, – I think Covington gets the win in this fight. Um you know, main reasons would be, uh, okay, so I think we're probably, what we, what Vinny Lopez and I call zone three. So zone three is like kick range, right? Or one one step to, to land a punch range. I think we're going to see most of the striking happen at that range. Uh, makes sense for Covington to stand at that range because he, does, he doesn't want to get outboxed by Masvidal. But I think that uh, at that range, what are their primary weapons? Their primary weapons are kicking. Masvidal is going to be less likely to kick because of the wrestling. And Covington's got a great kick game. So I think in the striking, we're probably going to see some naked kicks and some longer range weapons. And I think when it gets close, uh, you know, as they close the range and the distance there, that's when Masvidal is going to be dangerous. But ultimately, Covington's going to get to his wrestling and he's going to overpower him. And um, and, and I, I see it going. It, it looks pretty straightforward to me. That's how I see it going. In terms of how Masvidal can prepare for a wrestling onslaught that he's going to be dealing with from Covington, seems like he's bringing in a standout Bo Nickel to kind of help him out to to really uh, shore up that wrestling as you have it on your shirt as well. That's going to be a very interesting and important part of this uh, this fight. Um, we did see some decent things from him in his uh, first fight with Kamar Usman, where he was able to keep that fight standing, and yep. the majority of that fight took place on the cage. Uh, that that was the infamous foot stomping fight where Kamar Usman was just getting ahead of him just little by. Little and it seemed like the takedown defense on Jorge Masvidal was pretty good. But 
I feel as though, and you can kind of attest to this in regards to Colby Covington's game, he's not just a wrestler, right? Like, he right. can go out there and he's finally refining his striking. He can put on a pace, put on output, put on volume that a lot of guys are not able to keep up with. But there's always that possibility of Jorge Macedo finding that chin. The guy has some decent power. I think it's yeah. underrated power. We saw it in the Darren Till fight, which I think was his most impressive performance during this crazy run that he's been on. Um how do you? How much do you think that plays into this fight, the, the wrestling aspect? And do you think that Masvidal will have success in terms of keeping this fight standing? Yeah, I think he could have success keeping it standing. Uh, you know, early on, uh, how how many times can can you hold off coming Covington? Can you hold him off for twenty five minutes? Like my my guess is no, right? Um, and if Covington's smart, he's he's not going to try to hold masvidal down early right he's going to tax his arms by tying him up in the clinch and, and getting involved in that wall fight right he's going to take him down and let him up and make him work his ass off to get up and then a as he gets up he's going to connect to his striking because he's not just a wrestler right and i think covington does a good job of you uh, of of utilizing the threat of wrestling to to land dangerous strikes and things like that which is you know um in my opinion, one of the most important weapons in mixed martial arts, right? Like if two guys are standing there and they're, and they're about to box and one guy pulls out a knife, right? <laughs> the, the, the other guy has to respect the knife. So yeah. he, he automatically punches less, yeah. uh, only throws power shots and starts backing up. And that's, a, that's the equivalent of what uh, Covington does with his wrestling, right? Is he, he shows it to you. He, he doesn't hide it. He lets you know it's there and, and he affects your ability to, to engage with your weapons, you know? So, and I think we're going to see that. I think you're absolutely correct in terms of wrestling being like the most important factor in MMA because that allows you to one uh, make your opponent think that there's more than one thing happening in that fight. There's always going to be striking, no matter what. There's always striking in an MMA fight, but having that wrestling in your back pocket is great. I think somebody that was amazing at doing that back in the day was Cain Velasquez, which is why he's mm -hmm. probably one of my favorite fighters in terms of having the cardio, having the wrestling, and then improving his striking to the point that he can start standing with some of these guys and letting his hands go as well. But I feel like we're seeing that from the top guys now. Kamar Usman and Colby Covington are absolutely those guys that have the cardio, improving their striking, amazing wrestling. Even one of your guys, actually, Curtis Blades, amazing cardio, amazing wrestling his hands are really starting to come together as well now and i think that if you can mesh those things together perfectly you can have pretty much a a perfect fighter i think honestly skill for skill kamar usman colby Covington, a notch below but they are neck and neck in terms yeah. of pound for pound they have the greatest ingredients that you could ask for an mma an mma fighter so uh yeah. final prediction in regards to this fight you're going with colby Covington, is that correct i'm going with covington yeah i i think the fact that masvidal is bringing in all these wrestling training partners and all that just plays into covington's game Ma wrestling is on the forefront of uh of masvidal's mind wrestling is and uh that's exactly where covington wants it i think and uh i i yeah i, th I think the battle is being won before it started you know what i'm saying awesome Awesome. And last question in regards to this matchup. Uh, sure. Jorge Masvidal coming off the first ever knockout loss in his professional MMA career. Mm -hmm. Have you seen another fighter have to go through something like that? Or even from your own experience, how do you think that it might mess with him going into this fight with Colby Covington? Yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, it has a lot to do with what you do after that knockout, the rehabilitation and things like that, getting your vestibular system back in check so that you're not getting wobbly and sparring and things like that. Um, let's assume that Masvidal has done all of those things and he's taking care of his brain and he's and sparring is going well. Awesome. Right. Now there's still that voice in your mind, dude, because, um, there's a very small percentage of us around the world that have woken up on the floor in, in an arena. Right. I woke up on the floor of the Boston gardens with referees and doctors standing above me 
and it sucks and yeah. it's scary and and there's no way around it a total loss of control and when you step into your next fight that is that is still in your mind there's no i never found a way to get rid of that voice like there's this little bit of doubt in there that goes man last time we lost control last time the light got turned off and like you know it's 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 an insane feeling man getting knocked out and waking up in front of you know 15,000 people is a fucked up thing yeah. <laughs> and, there, and there's some ptsd afterwards so we'll see we'll see right that, that's why i have all the respect for anybody that stepped inside the cage because i do not have the cojones to do anything like that i think the closest thing i've ever come to is uh in high school having one of my friends just choke me up for the fun of it and then just waking up to be like what the fuck happened like that's yeah. the closest we'll ever feel to something like that so shout out to all you guys for putting your bodies on the line for our entertainment and all that all that but uh now comes the fun part of the show now comes the part where we start to stack up all the coaches against each other i give yep. everybody 100 bucks and they put it yep. on one fighter of their choosing on the main card so i give you the odds before we start recording here who is the one fighter that you're going to be looking to back for ufc 272's main card so i'm still going to go with a safe bet i know that's boring but um i'm going for bryce mitchell man he's taking a little time off but i think in that time um that that is a hungry kid my assumption is during that time he has dug in and i think that the kid was already impressive and i think we're going to see even a more impressive version of him um barboza is a big step up but um I think Barboza's on his way out. He's not out yet, but he's on his way out. And I think we're going to see something big from Bryce Mitchell. So that's where my money goes. I love it. Thug Nasty trying to win some money from my boy, Cody Donovan. This will be the first. I know this is only the second episode, but yeah. I believe this will be the first time where we have two coaches actually have two separate picks. I did Tyson Chartier a couple of days before you, and he went with uh, Edson Barboza. So one, okay. of you guys, one of you guys is going to be coming out with $100 less, and another one of you is going to be coming out with some profit as well. So uh, that definitely makes this uh, challenge a lot more fun. Uh, very much looking forward to that. Cody very much appreciate you doing the show, taking the time to do this. I know you got a bunch of things going on for the rest of the day, so I appreciate you carving out the time to do it. Uh, any last words, anything you want to say to the fans and viewers that are watching before I get us out of here? No, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks to the fans, man. There, there, there are no fighters without fans, right? Without fans, fighters are just criminals. So, <laughs> <laughs> I love your mindset and mentality, dude. If you guys do not follow my man, Cody Donovan, on Instagram, make sure you guys do that. I believe it's Donnie Brook, uh, Cody on uh, Instagram and uh, yeah. Twitter as well. I'm not sure how much you mess on, on Twitter, but Instagram is definitely where you need to follow this man. Cody, once again, appreciate you hopping on and doing this with me. And good luck on Thug Nasty, Bryce Mitchell. Thanks, bro. And lastly, we have my guy James Krause repping Lee Summit, Missouri, Glory MMA and Fitness down there. Uh, James, yeah. appreciate you accepting the challenge with these other degenerate yeah. coaches we have as well. How's it going, my man? It's good. I, th I think I'm off to early lead. Is that right? That is true. I, I didn't want to start with that to get your head all big before we start this breakdown here. But yes, you are in the lead right now. You cashed on Bobby Green last time around. Beautiful cash there. That netted you $62.50 off your $100 bet. Uh, Cody Donovan of uh, Team Elevation or Elevation Fight Team is in second place as he cashed on the easy money on Israel Adesanya there in the main event. Uh, but yeah, well, how do you feel, man? How did you th What did you think of Bobby Green's performance? And uh, well, how, yeah. Oh, Bobby's really good. He's he's extremely underrated, in my opinion. Uh, and if you if you give him the right stylistic matchup, he can he can cause some drama. He's uh, really really difficult to hit. Uh, really good boxer. Uh, he's awkward. Throws some different angles. Uh, he's really good, man. Really good. I yeah, don't see a lot of guys out striking him. Like you have to be an elite level striker to outstrike him. 
yeah, that was one of the best performances we've seen from him, especially stylistically speaking. That was a great matchup for him, right? Yeah. A guy that likes to throw big shots but leaves himself to be countered, and Bobby Green was all over that. I know a lot of people normally stay away from Bobby Green fights because he fights so close just because it's always a close decision. I think he's gotten away from that, man. I think yeah. he's evolved from that. I really do. Like, like we're managed by the same guy, and, yeah. and it's, it's, it's widely known that that's an issue. Yeah. This is not like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, hey, dude, like you can't even though there's contact here and you do this and you like that's still it scores sometimes so like you gotta uh you're gonna have to like press people and i think he's kind of grown up and uh i said grown up you know evolved i think is the word yeah. that i'm i'm trying to look for uh and i haven't really seen that in the last three or four fights he's not he used to fight with people and now he's going after people like look what he did at al look what he was doing with nazrat i mean nazrat's a good striker and like he's yeah. busting these guys up you know what i mean and uh yeah yeah I, I love that performance probably one of the best performances he's had in a long time as well uh but we are here to talk about ufc 272 and in particular a welterweight main event between yeah. jorge masvidal and colby covington james please break down this fight for me what are the strengths of both guys how they match up with one another and ultimately who you see getting their hand raised this weekend um i, I George is my guy, man. I, I like him a lot. Uh, he was actually the guy that convinced me to go to 170, you know, and because uh, I seen him and I fought. I think we had a competitive fight, and uh, I, he went to 70, fought an 85er. As first, long story short, he was having success there, so I talked to him, and he convinced me to go to 70, or was at least a part of that. Um, so I like him a lot. Uh, I do think stylistically, this is a difficult matchup for him. Uh, I'm not necessarily that uh, I'm not necessarily convinced that like Colby's just gonna like take him down and beat him up or anything like that. But I could see this fight turning into what uh, Usman Masvidal one looked like, uh, yeah. where he put him on the fence and held him there a lot. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised also if Masvidal knocked him out either. You know, um, Colby's typically pretty durable, but. The one thing that we're not talking about or we haven't talked about quite yet is that X factor of like what happened in training and like they know each other's tricks and like, you know, like one of those guys is in the other's head to a degree. You know what I mean? And uh, I would like to think that Masvidal's probably got a little bit of big brother over him. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know if that plays a huge factor or not. Uh, my fight brain wants to say Covington is a difficult matchup for Masvidal. I could see him holding him on the fence for five rounds or, you know, maybe taking him down, putting him to his butt. Masvidal works back up. Maybe he has six, uh, some success striking, you know, puts him on the fence, takes him down, just banks rounds against him. I could see that. And that's that to me, that's the most likely scenario of what's going to happen. Uh, I find it interesting that you did allude to that first Kamar Usman and Jorge Masvidal fight because I think that's a great comparison. In terms of statistics in that fight, Kamar Usman went 5 of 16 on takedowns that night, only landing 31% of his takedowns, but he managed to get about 16 and a half minutes of control time in a 25-minute fight. And a lot of that, like you said, was against the cage. How do you rate Kobe Covington's cage work, though? Do you think that he will be able to, to stay safe there, stay away from the power of Masvidal, and ultimately control this fight en route to a victory? Yeah, I think I think Cubby, uh, Colby and Usman's wrestling is very similar. Mm -hmm. uh, and I might even lean gas tank towards Colby uh, and, and active pressure towards Colby. I mean, if you watch this fight with RDA, he worked. I mean, he worked a solid five rounds, like a solid fire. Now, RDA did take him down. I, Masvidal is not easy to take down, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he is not an easy guy to get down. 
And uh, like I said, I could I could foresee a scenario where maybe he doesn't even get him down once, but just controls him on the fence. And uh, also, dude, there's always so many rabbit holes, right? Like you want to dive down. <laughs> uh, with Fight Island, that that fight, you know, there's so many X factors. I just I don't tell a lot of people this, but obviously it's 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 going on the internet. So it is what it is. But whenever I'm watching fights, I'm breaking down fights. I don't put very much stock into Fight Island fights. Like I don't. Why is that? There's, there's such an X factor there with the travel, the time they're fighting, the like nobody is recovered there. Nobody is 100 percent there. Like how many how many fights have you seen? Like I can just give you fight after fight where you're like, God, that look person looked like shit. Yeah. Like even even Masvidal and Usman, I thought both of them looked like a shell of themselves. You know, I I didn't think either one of them looked good. They're both incredible, and I'm not talking like comparatively speaking to performances we've seen them have to themselves. I'm not comparing them to anybody else. I'm I'm saying Masvidal and Usman in the first time that they fought to me did not look anywhere close to their to their best they're both incredible fighters obviously uh but they did they just look saturated tired under recovered and that's the travel time i mean they're fighting at probably 4 a.m or something yeah. like that i fought there i fought 3 30 in the morning like nobody's recovered there and it's like a nine hour time difference 16 hour plane ride everybody's dog shit there so uh i don't take a ton of stock into those because i've seen so many fighters look so bad there uh, in, in regards to your personal experience, not you fighting yourself, I'm sure you coached a couple guys that had to fight on Fight Island. Would you say that is that why you're saying it? Did you see some of your guys kind of deal with the, that jet lag and the hardship? Like that's why you're myself saying this? personally as a fighter, yeah, and the multiple fights that I've coached as well. Nobody's 100. percent Nobody is. It's mm -hmm. impossible. It's it, listen, bro. It is. It is. I will go as far as to say it's impossible to be 100 percent recovered when you're fighting on Fight Island, unless you're coming from that area, maybe. Yeah think about it from america well for me you go to uh, i'm in kansas city you go to vegas for 24 hours quarantine for 24 hours there's a two-hour time change right there you get on a 16-hour flight uh, from vegas to abu dhabi you sit in a hotel room for another 36 hours after that and then you're there for five and a half days cutting weight cutting weight but your body is so off. Like I was going to bed every day, like 8 a.m. Wow. I didn't see sunlight for a week. Jesus. And then, so you go, you, your sleep is jacked. You've just put in a 16-hour plane ride, a two-and-a-half-hour plane ride, and like a 12- or 13-hour time change twice one nine hour and one two hour so 11 yeah. hour time change or whatever it's just so many x factors and then when you get there you're like by the time you're fighting it dude it's you're i'm just telling you and you fight at 3 30 in the morning <laughs> there's no way bro like like it was I, a flat fight though it, it was a flat performance from both of those guys right well, i think at, it's known at, as the foot stomps fight look at much. zombie and uh brian ortega same yeah. thing yeah it looks flat too like i can just give you fight after fight uh I, I mean, I can name a bunch if you want. Yeah. I can go. I can go night and night and day here. They're, I mean, they're, they're uh, Tim Elliott and Ryan Benoit. They both look yeah. super flat. Like that's my guy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's so many fights where I could keep going, but 
that it's it's so hard to be 100% there. It's impossible. Interesting. I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody put it the way that you just said. I think it's important for a lot of our viewers to hear that as well. Uh, so final prediction in terms of this fight, Kobe Covington, Jorge Masvidal, who are you picking to win? And what do you think of the odds as well, right? Minus 350 on Co Covington. Oh, I don't like the odds. Yeah. I don't like the odds. I don't think they're right. But gun to my head, I would go uh, Covington by decision. Okay, I love it. I love it. Minus one hundred five is what that line currently plays uh, pays on Kobe Covington to win that fight via decision. All right, now comes the fun part. The, you're you're the king of the jungle right now, right? You're at the top of the leaderboard. Let's see if you can continue to extend that, or uh, if you fall back. Who are you going to be going with on the UFC two seventy two main card as your selection for this uh, for this month? I got to be honest. I don't really like this main card at all. Like as far as from a betting perspective, uh, I'm killed it last week, but. This week is just full of those of those cards that are like the line is off just enough to piss you off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just enough to annoy you and you're like, man, that line just seems a little off, but they're probably right. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like I, I think RDA is undervalued against Fazeev. Um, mm. I think the Barbosa-Mitchell fight should be more of a pick them. Mm-hmm. I think Greg Hardy can knock out Spivak. Like these are all underdogs I think could win. Uh, but it's a I long guess... competition, James. You got all year. So if you want to take a shot on a dog or a spot that you think is too wide, you got more than enough pay-per-views to make up for it in case it blows up in your face. The one that I feel good about, I think Holland's going to win. He's minus two fifty. It's a it's a sucker bet. But uh, there's nothing else that I really I, I want to win, and I don't feel great about any of the other ones. You know, I, That's feel, I feel like Holland's going to beat Oliveira though. Yeah, any any analysis you want to give there in terms of how you see the matching up or uh, how you see that fight actually yeah, going down? I'm just seeing Oliveira's, um, I just think he's, I think he's, I think the wars are catching up to him a little bit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's just not, uh, he's still incredible. I think he's great, great fighter. He's a dog. You know, he's got all kinds of heart and durability. Uh, but I like Kevin Holland at 170. He's a big 170. He's long. Uh, he talks shit. He's able to get in your, your head. I think that's, and Alex has shown in the past, he can be an emotional fighter and that typically doesn't go well for him when he, when he is, uh, I just think Kevin Holland's going to beat him. I like it. And I'm glad that you brought up the weight thing here as well. First time for Kevin Holland to go back go down to 170 pounds. And I think he's very much going to thrive there as well. So 40, uh, sorry, a hundred bucks on Kevin Holland at minus 250 nets, James Cross, 40 bucks. And that will add to his total and hopefully bring him over a hundred bucks to events into this thing. Uh, James, again, appreciate you hopping on and doing this breakdown, Covington and, and Masvidal. I'm sure a lot of people are going to take some good notes from what you're able to say there. Uh, anything you want to say on the way out or should I just wrap this thing up? Man, there's some good money to be made on dogs here. Like, I mean, hit me, hit me. <laughs> I, okay, so like, let's look at, let's look, let's just go down it really quick. Let's go through Spivak and Hardy. What's the line on Greg Hardy by knockout? We'll pull that up in a second. I'm not sure he, if they actually. He wins. He's going to win by knockout. Yeah. Uh, ba -ba -ba. it doesn't look like they actually have the. Yeah, there's no props out yet. And by the way, we're recording this uh, Thursday before a fight week. Well, he's, he's one my uh, he's plus one seventy five right now, so it's got to be what plus three hundred plus, plus between plus two hundred and plus three hundred. I'd say since that's the majority of his win equity, there's value there, yeah, for sure. Um, Barbosa and Bryce Mitchell, in my opinion, is a pick 'em fight. Uh, there's value if it's a pick 'em fight, value on Barbosa right there. Value. I'll say it for you. <laughs> uh, Bryce is a tough. 
yeah. tough kid. And he's what, and Bryce is what that Barbosa has had troubles with in the, in the past pressure, you know, grappler. And then if Masvidal is going to win, he's going to win by knockout. I don't yeah. see him winning a decision here. So once again, there's probably 350 to 450 plus 350, 450 there. There's value there. You know what I mean? There's a lot of value to be had. And once again, when we're talking about from a betting perspective, it's not about who you necessarily think is going to win or lose. It's about where the value sits. And that's what a lot of the guys don't understand. And I, what drives me nuts, and if you guys that are listening to this, don't take anything away from this. I, I make picks all the time, and uh, people talk shit like, oh, he, he, all he posts is L's and stuff like that. It's not, about, it's not about winning or losing. It's about where value sits. And like, if, you, if you're placing bets on where value sits all the time, you're going to come ahead. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, it's, it's a uh, yeah. performance over results. That's kind of what we like to look at performance. Look at the methodology behind it before saying this person is just ultimately going to win by knockout. I think it's sorry. One, one example is the Roxanne Montefari versus Casey O'Neill fight, right? Value on Roxanne early pre-fight. But if you were to tell me that she was going to fight that way for 15 minutes, I would not have placed a bet. More often than not, she fights by clinching her opponents, trying to take them to the ground. And when she did do that in the fight with Casey, she was having success, but she just didn't do it enough. So people are just going to be like, oh, Casey O'Neill was easy money all day. But they failed to realize that, you know, Roxy didn't fight the way she was supposed to. And when she did, she was having success. She just didn't do enough of it. So, yeah, I get you, James. And where you can find where you can find uh, value, and a lot of sports books don't do this, but if you can bet the, the money line and the over-under, if you could parlay those mm -hmm. two, that's yeah. where you can get like if you go Masvidal and the under because if he wins he's gonna win by knockout right yep. so if you go Masvidal and the under there's real value there like real value there if you know if you go or you or you pick the methodology of how like if Greg Hardy was gonna win how's he gonna okay. win not right like yeah you'll get a lot but or you could go Greg Hardy and the under because he's not gonna win a decision right there's value there and that's where like trying to find that value is where a lot of people miss on especially betting fights it's a little bit easier with ball sports i think uh yeah but with fights you got to cheat the value and a lot of books will pull off they won't let you do both you know because there's that james pe value. people only want winning tickets that's what they see value in right but uh i'm glad that you you're you you understand that aspect of it as well from yeah. the gambling side of things because you've been doing this deep for a, a minute now as well so i'm glad to see it uh i'm getting better as well. i'm getting there better. we go i love to hear that i love to hear that all right uh james appreciate you breaking down the card for us uh, the main card especially and then obviously the main event good luck on uh mr kevin holland hopefully you're able to rack up and stay at the top of the the leaderboard here and uh, the next time you're going to be back on is in may for ufc 274 uh, i'll get you to break down the main event with me there uh, i i can't recall what it is going to be but i think it's uh glover to versus yuri prohaska so i can't wait to hear your thoughts on that as well uh anything you want to say on the way out my man no thank you for having me bro it's been fun absolutely all right there you guys have it james Krause is on kevin holland and taking colby covington in the main event let's fucking go all right that's a wrap on the breakdowns hope you guys enjoyed the coaches breaking down the main event we got a little extra wisdom from my guy james cross as well i'm sure you guys are more than happy to hear what he has to say but let's get into what all the picks are now for all six coaches Eric Nixick, James Krause, and Mark Montoya have all decided to go with Kevin Holland at minus 250. On the flip side, we got Tyson Chartier, obviously, as you guys heard, taking Edson Barboza at plus 130. We finally got one of our head-to-heads that I've been waiting to see between one of the coaches with Cody Donovan taking Bryce Mitchell at minus 150. 
And then lastly, we got my guy Santino DeFranco, who originally picked Edson Barboza. But once he saw that Dos Anjos was on the board, he decided to switch his pick. And now he's taking Dos Anjos at minus 195. So there you guys have it. All the picks from the coaches. Let's see how they're able to rack up. And if James Krause is going to be able to hold on to the throne here with another dub this weekend, or will somebody else be able to take that from him? More than likely, it would be uh, Cody Donovan if he's able to get Bryce Mitchell to cash for him. And if Kevin Holland ends up pooping the bed and uh, gets upset by Alex Cowboy Oliveira. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode again. This is only episode number two. So if there's anything you guys would like to see added, changed, removed, updated, anything about the show, I am more than happy to hear out any constructive criticism. Make sure you guys drop it in the comment section below. And please, let's blow this up. We hit 1,500 views on YouTube last time around, about six to 700 listens on audio platforms. But I want to blow this thing up even more considering this is the first time we've ever had anything like this in the MMA world. So let's try to get as many people on board to listen to it, to hear it, and try to take as many uh, nuggets as they can from these well-acclaimed coaches that have plenty to offer. Appreciate you guys again. Make sure you guys hit that like and subscribe below. And we'll be back for UFC 273, which goes down in April. And that one's going to be a special one because we got Eric Nixick, who's going to be cornering or at least coaching uh, Aljamain Sterling in the lead up to his fight against Piotr Jan. And then with Santino DeFranco, he's going to be cornering and coaching Korean Zombie, who's going to be looking to take the featherweight throne away from Alexander Volkanovsky. So very special break breakdowns there from guys that are going to be in the corners of the co-main and main event i can't wait for those guys to break it down not to mention we'll also have mark Montoya on the show to break down uh the the main and co-main event there as well so plenty of knowledge to be dropped for you guys again please hit that like and subscribe this is the last time i'll say it appreciate you guys checking out the episode good luck on your best this weekend and i'll be back saturday evening to drop the updated standings of where the coaches sit at after all their bets and fights have gone through appreciate you guys as always good luck on your bets again and i'll see you guys throughout the week with all the other content that i got coming for you guys propping you up on thursday with cody saftik uh, ultimate wayne show on friday with a very special guest that i don't want to name as of yet and then obviously saturday for the fight day live chat 1 p.m eastern right here on the channel uh make sure you guys check it out good luck on your bets folks